0: Hey there listeners, before we get this episode going, I just want to let you know that today's episode is sponsored by Cornerstone. Cornerstone helps people-focused organizations attract, retain, and develop their employees through technology. And with that, here's the episode. from hrgrapevine.com. It is the HR Grapevine podcast. Hello everyone, Eric Nevorowski, host of the podcast. As always, thank you so much for joining me. And in this week's episode, I want to get into the topic of leadership. You know, much like everything within the world of work, leadership styles have been scrutinized gone over with a fine tooth comb and in successful cases changed over the course of the pandemic. You know, that old school style of leadership, that sort of dragon's breath, fire and brimstone, tap you on the shoulder, look over your shoulder, micromanagement leadership style. You know, it's just not going to work in this post-pandemic workplace that we are all in. My guest this week is Jana Gojic-Perticevic. She is the author of the best selling book on Amazon called Bold Reinvented. She's a keynote speaker and a leadership coach and consultant. So really the perfect person to talk about leadership with this week. So Jean and I are going to talk about the concepts around leadership and how impactful leadership has changed and evolved since the pandemic how one becomes a bold leader. And then she's gonna walk me through her own framework for leadership. It's called SOUL, S-O-U-L. And then we're gonna discuss how leaders can become more self-aware when it comes to their leadership style. It was a really, really insightful conversation with Jana. I surely enjoyed it and I hope you did too. So without further ado, here is my chat with Jana.
1: Thank you so much for having me. So, uh, I'm Jana, uh, based in Croatia, Zagreb. I work as an international coach, leadership coach and consultant. I'm uh, a published author and a speaker. I'm pretty much in the leadership development space, so whether I'm coaching or teaching, training, speaking or, or writing. And I'm very much about bold leadership. I guess my purpose is to unlock boldness or help people unlock their own boldness because I think there's so much um, so much of a potential for boldness that remains unlocked in us throughout our lives. So I'm very much about that.
0: So, Jana, let's just get right into it. How has leadership and concepts around impactful leadership changed and evolved since the start of the pandemic?
1: I, I love that question because um, what I think it's pointing us to is the fact that leadership happens in a context. Mm-hmm. So we would be so kind of relaxed and relieved to know, OK, this is a blueprint for leadership and it kind of works every time and in every situation and in every context. And, and that, that's not so. So pandemic is just another concept that was not easy for all of us globally, but just another con- context that has taught us about uh, what's needed in the field of leadership so I'd yeah. love to look at the impact for leadership from that aspect. What was the impact needed in the context of pandemic? Right. So here for me, there are three important things. The first one is caring. I think that the pandemic has taught us that really, really leadership needs to go from uh, transactional to relational. And I'm not saying that it was the you know the first time that we realized that already the, right. the leadership paradigm uh, was shifted. But I think that the pandemic kind of highlighted that need. Mm-hmm. People need to be seen and heard. And especially if they're going through tough times, through the unknown, through something that they were not expecting through something shocking they need to be they need a space to vent they need to be seen and heard to mm-hmm. be able to do stuff after that they need to relate to people they need to relate to their leader the second thing is when it comes to the impact on ourselves as leaders i've realized that it's really important to develop the muscle of setting boundaries Okay. Because in the pandemic, what happened is that somehow those boundaries became even more non-existent. Right. Like in conversations with with women leaders, you realize that they're working from home and for home at the same time. Right. Other uh, 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 groups of people, there was just uh, this kind of line in between... What's life, what's work, kind of became even more non-existent than it was before. So it was really important for leaders to practice setting boundaries, to, to feel good themselves, to take care of themselves so that they could be taking care of others. Mm-hmm. And the third thing, which I believe was really important, is to learn how to hold the paradox, which okay. means basically staying with all the discomfort of the pandemic that sometimes was bringing very pessimistic attitudes or a lot of question marks and still being able to hold a vision for the bright future.
0: So I think, you know, that to your last point there, that's sort of like the whole, I guess, purpose of optimism, right? Like mm. it's bad right now to have something to hope for, then what's the point of all of it? And I also really liked your, your concept. The second one you said about, boundaries. So I guess like a follow-up to that is this concept, this whole idea of like this sort of dragon's breath, fire and brimstone micromanagement, mm-hmm. um, that I think for good pretty much had gotten erased really quickly when we moved work from home. And of course, we write a lot about these sort of that type of previous mm-hmm. leader a lot on hrgrapevine.com, but it's amazing how quickly that, that type of leadership went from old school authentic Mm. to toxic would you agree
1: with that um yes because it's um so so we are with leadership we are moving from this controlling command Mm -hmm. to to the controlling command management to the empowering leadership leadership that in its foundations has a lot of trust
2: Mm -hmm.
1: like and trust is something that you practice and that you build and trust is something that starts from yourself trusting in yourself that you can do it without having to control it, and Mm -hmm. then trusting the others. And I think that in the pandemic, simply because, I mean, even for a very practical reason, there was no longer this uh, physical proximity and, and, and there's no one to kind of like literally control in a physical space. We were left to rely on each other to lean into each other, to really build that trust. But what I think became so clear, uh, 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 because there was no longer this physical proximity, was the emotional proximity that was needed. Mm -hmm. And that's very important for trust. So I'm not together with you in the office, Mm -hmm. but I'm together with you in what you might be going through as we're working together in this context and you right. together with me in that and we build trust and there's obviously a vulnerability yeah there is a vulnerability based trust that is being built and all of that helps us trust each other more believe in each other's potential more and actually develop this accountability that doesn't need to be controlled and commanded
0: this idea like you said setting boundaries and being vulnerable mm. Those are things that used to be considered weaknesses. So how do you go about, they're not weaknesses at all, they're actual strengths. Yeah. And I think the pandemic really leveled out the playing field of, that this is something everyone experienced at the same time. Everyone was touched by it. Yeah. It doesn't matter how. So how do you go about sort of breaking down those walls with in that concept of leadership of leadership? like everything you're saying is great. It's, yeah. it's great. But how, how do you make someone who m- worked most of their professional life with a, you know, sort of like a, a moat, if you will, around them, Yeah. And how do you like fill up the moat and allow, uh, allow someone on to allow themselves to become vulnerable?
1: Yeah. So, so I think here we're coming to the topic of learning. Mm-hmm. So there, there is a sentence that I say, uh, I can, almost all, all of the conversations that I have bold leaders are bold learners. Mm-hmm. And, and there is a quote that I like to bring um, into my work that pretty much says something like this, that, the, the you know, the knower, the um, the learners will inherit the future. The knowers will remain beautifully equipped for the world that no longer exists. Yeah. So when you are mentioning, when you're describing that, that kind, that type of a leader, let's put that type of a leader in the world of pandemic, you know, you really have not much choice it's like understanding that the world for which you were beautifully equipped it doesn't exist any longer Mm -hmm. so so you know you can still be kind of locked into your own limited perspective uh looking panically looking for that kind of world but it's not there any longer yeah the world has changed so what is it that needs to change in you so that you would become beautifully equipped for the new world yeah that is out there because if you do acknowledge that and accept that you're putting yourself in a position to co-create that world rather than you know remaining there in the corner sitting there and and uh you know going mad because some of the things no longer exist and some of the practices that you used to um, have in your leadership are no longer relevant What I would say to that type of a leader is, what do you need to question about yourself? And let's make a distinction between questioning yourself and doubting yourself. Right. So what do you need to question about yourself? What do you need to question about what worked so far and what doesn't seem to be working any longer? So how do you need to reinvent yourself to be fit for the world that's there, for the new context that's there? Mm Mm-hmm. That requires learning, that requires development, that pretty much requires feeling the, um, you know, I don't know if that's the right English word, the abyss beneath your feet, like losing the mm-hmm. ground beneath your feet. Right. And really staying with that uncomfortable feeling to learn to see a bolder, a bigger, a new version of yourself.
0: Yeah, that's great. Let's role play, shall we? I am a leader i decide that the way that i'm leading isn't working yeah because i have high turnover i don't feel like my employees really were, were vibing if you will um i decide i want to be a bold leader what's my first step is it learning
1: go and ask for feedback see what kind of leader you are
0: yeah. And that kind of goes ties in into what you're saying. Asking for feedback is one thing. Being able to take that feedback is yeah. an, a really good, like a real world example of becoming vulnerable pretty quick. Right. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And and I love what you're saying right now, because you're pointing us to something really important. There are so many leaders that go and do um, a 360 or, or any other kind of, you know, f- using any other kind of feedback tool. They see that and they're expecting a magic to happen just by going through that assessment Mm -hmm. and magic won't happen just by going through that assessment. Nothing will work unless you do. So there's a work required of you after you've seen that feedback. So we cannot grow leaders and leaders cannot change without having feedback because feedback is that space in between your intentions as leaders, like what what you think you're trying to do Mm
2: -hmm. and
1: how that actually lands on other people. So meaning your intentions and your actual impact. Feedback will come in between. It will be the space in between. It will be the mirror, almost mirror held up for you to see what your impact is. Now, once you've seen that, I've experienced many leaders who... You know they acknowledge that i say yeah okay i get it i i see I, I don't think i'm i'm such a controlling type and yet they say i am i see that so they acknowledge that but what do they do with that afterwards do they actually accept it do they actually allow it not to mention do they appreciate it right at the very end right but even just accepting it and and You know, accepting that there's something in it and that you might need to open some conversations and some questions and some development. That's also the first step into allowing it to be,
2: Mm -hmm.
1: right? And then hopefully in, you know, in in their course of their development, in their development journey, they will start appreciating it as well because they will start to like the new version of themselves much better because it's easier.
0: Yeah. It really is. You know, I'm trying to think of So I have this great sort of anecdotal story that I tell a lot of people. Um, I have a lot of memories of the bad leaders mm. that I've had in my life, but I also have a better memory of the good leaders. And I feel like I learn a lot. I've learned a lot from both, but it's definitely the good leaders that I've learned the most beneficial things in my career, things like being accountable, being honest, being authentic. Um, so I really appreciate that. So, Okay. Moving on. You have something, this, this soul framework, walk me through it. What is the soul framework for leadership?
1: In brief, the soul framework gives us four dimensions that I believe every leader needs to step into. Okay. Right? So we cannot be a leader just from one dimension. Like I'm doing a lot of work on myself. I'm, I'm raising my self-awareness and, and, uh, that is a starting point and, and it's not a means Uh, uh, it doesn't end with that, right? Mm -hmm. It's a starting point, but it does not end with that. And there are other three dimensions that we need to visit and keep revisiting as leaders. And we need to be skillful in these dimensions. Mm -hmm. So we do start with self, meaning we do confront ourselves. This is pretty much the conversation that we've just had. Mm -hmm. Every leader needs to confront themselves. Right to see what their illusions are, how to disarm these illusions. What is their old story? What's the new story emerging? That's basically creating a very conscious identity at this stage of their life in this context. Now, once we've kind of stepped into that, I'm reluctant to say once we've done with that because we're never really done with that. It's a constant we, journey. It's a constant journey, right? And then we start realizing everything that's important for us is done together with other people. We cannot really do it alone. Mm -hmm. That's the moment when we step into other dimension, dimension called other, when there is a radical connection between us and other people, between me and the other. What is that radical connection? If you you want to be more practical there, we could say that throughout this dimension, we develop certain relationship agility. Right. Mm -hmm. Who am I? Who am I with you? How do we work together? So we get to know each other. We get to see what we have in common, what we have, uh, what are our diversities and how can all that come into play together uh, for a better leadership? After that, we realize there's something bigger than me and you. And that's the whole world. That's the system. That's what I'm calling universe in my model. So that's where we tap into the collective intelligence. And and in practical terms, this is very much done by listening and speaking up. First listening and then speaking up. I usually say that ball leaders listen first and then they speak. Mm -hmm. So what is it that the world is is informing us about? And when I say the world or the universe, it can be a, a corporate culture. What are we actually hearing in this organization? What's needed? How is the culture speaking to us? Are we listening to that? And then what is it that we want to ask and what is it that we want to do about it? It's, it's really the systemic lens and, yeah. and tapping into the collective intelligence there. And then after that, there is a legacy bit, which means what really gives us meaning, what's really our purpose and what really makes our achievement, our creation, our legacy purposeful. You can also put it this way. You um, explore the way you relate to yourself, the way you relate to another, the way you relate to the world, and then what is it that you create based on those relationships? What what is really your legacy out there? And why SOUL? Because this is the acronym, right? S-O-U-L. But there's also a belief underneath that is that if we just lead from the neck up, It's a very limited space, even though we're conditioned to be there most of the time. Mm -hmm. It's a very limited space because the task of our heads is to warn us about risks. And all of these dimensions have certain risk, right? There is a risk in me confronting myself. There is a risk in me vulnerably relating to you. There Mm -hmm. is a risk... In listening out there to the world and responding to those needs, there is a risk in creating our legacy and not just making our living. So our souls are risk. I would love to say they're risk free. They are kind of um, there's something much more important for our souls than the risk. And our head has got a completely different task. Yeah. And that's why I strongly believe that we can really lead from our souls much better than from our heads or that our full, bold leadership requires us to find some of the most important questions in our souls rather than in our heads.
0: So what I love about this this framework that you presented is is there's a certain holistic approach to it, right? But then you can also put it in practical terms, which is great. And when you said legacy, the first thing I thought of is that maybe leaders 20-ish years ago, maybe even five years ago, that legacy was based maybe on profitability, you know, money, success, Mm -hmm. you know, financial success. And it seems like in the last five years, that legacy obviously profits are still important, but it's also the purpose of your company or your brand and really how you support your employees, right? Because if you think of all of the things that have happened in the last two years, this is aside from the pandemic, right? We've had, um, black lives matter movement. We have had me too. We have had, you know, there's, there, there seems to be a huge regression in LGBTQ plus rights at work. Um, but, I guess my point here is that when people are looking for a job, I think one thing they've learned over through the pandemic that the money's important, but it's the purpose, right? It's the mm-hmm. purpose. And, and, and that's sort of, you know, sustainability is another one, environmental impact. So when people are, I know certainly when I, not that I'm looking for a job or anything, but if I were mm-hmm. money is one thing, but also kind of what I said before about, you know, the leadership, but what's that purpose and what is that legacy? Do I want to invest my time? into that person's legacy so i love that
1: so can can i can i say something to this i don't know why this just came to my mind right now um somebody asked me the other day there there was a workshop and there was there was a question like what's your favorite song and how does it um uh you know represents the spirit of you and Mm -hmm. i just came up with the the cold play viva la vida Okay. And, and I was thinking, okay, what's what's a message? What's a bottom-lined message? Why this song is so important to me? And I came up with the sentence, there's so much more to life than being a kink. Yeah. Which basically says, you know, there's so much more to life than um, just collecting that material material things even though they are a part of our life and they are needed there for us to be able to do some of the things out of our purpose but what what is this teaching us that life is never about either or it has to be both yeah Right? And it has to be both in a kind of holistic view, complementary view. It just has to be both of our muscles to achieve results and to relate to other people and find our purpose in the middle of that. It just has to be both. Nothing, nothing out there is either or. Because either or puts us in a place of either submission or domination. Everything out there is yes and That's a human to human, heart to heart relating and co creating together.
0: Once again, a huge thank you to Jana for taking the time to talk to me about bold leadership and what it actually means. You know, I know I say it at the end of every pod, that was an insightful conversation, and I mean it every time I say it, but I really, really, really mean it uh, with this chat when she ended with life isn't about either or it has to be both and everything out there is yes. And that will really stick out to me and resonate with me. And if you're listening and you are a leader, I hope that is your key takeaway as well, because to be a successful and impactful leader, it doesn't involve being vulnerable, opening yourself up, and allowing co-creation. So once again, special thanks to Jana for joining me and thank you, everyone out there for listening. My name is Eric Niewerowski and I'll talk to you next week on the HR Grapevine podcast.